Welcome, everyone, to today's Daily Directional. These are navigational messages that help keep us pointed in the right direction. I'm Pastor Bethany, and I'm a learner, listener, and noticer of God. This podcast is a part of the Storytellers Collective. You can find us online at www.storytellerscollective.org. We believe God's story, as told through the Old and New Testaments of the Bible. We also believe our lives are a story that matters. When we begin to see the very real places where God's story and our stories intersect, we unlock wonder, worship, and a hope that communicates truly good news. Every day, we desire to turn our focus, our faces, our eyes, our hearts toward the God that our souls love. We choose to seek first the kingdom of heaven and believe the promise that our physical and emotional needs will be met by God. Our God is Father, Provider, Deliverer, Friend, Advocate, Anchor, Redeemer, Leader, and Guide. He graciously walks beside us every step of every day. He is our true north, our bright morning star, a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. Hi everyone. We're very excited for another week of our daily directionals and today instead of being alone, we have the fun of having an extra guest here on the show. So, here with me is John Horsley, another leader with Storytellers Collective and we are storytellers, and I'm very excited to just have him join the conversation and bring in his wisdom and insight. So, this week we're going to be focusing on James chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. And today we're reading it in the ESB, and John's going to read it for us. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose that it is to no purpose that the scripture says, He yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. But he gives more grace. Therefore it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Thanks. So what within here kind of grabs your attention to begin? So the first thing that I see here is um, this idea that 
uh, within ourselves, we have internal turmoil. Yeah. That there is this this war going on within us as just as people, people right? People, yeah, right. And part of that goes all the way back to the Adam and Eve story, where um, Adam first chose to sin against God, and 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 then passed that nature on to each of us. And so, part of that is this nature within us to. Um, to desire what we want. Yeah. Our passions. Our passions. Is that our passions at war within us? Yeah. Yeah. So I do notice that the question right before that is uh, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? So that to me is a between believers, right? This is within community. What is causing tension? what is causing fighting um, from person to person. And then what he points to as the reason is that we have that uh, internal sin nature tugging at us, that passions at war within us. We desire and we do not have, so we murder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a really strong statement. And most of us would say, well, I've never murdered anybody. Right. So what is he talking right. about? Right. And, and I, I, you know what's interesting about James is it's it's one of the very first written letters that was given to the church. Yeah, that has been recorded and kept. Some even say that it maybe was the first. First, yeah. Right? So here, early on in the church, they're having turmoil. Right. And and so we see when he says murder, I don't I don't think that they were actually killing each other. I think he's referring to back into the gospels where jesus said if you in your heart yeah hate someone mm -hmm. it yeah it translates like, as it, the same thing it translates as the same thing hmm. yeah. and i don't do you think that jesus meant that really literally like uh having hateful thoughts towards your brother really is the equivalent to murder or is it that it's the seed of the same thing that develops into something yeah. that is just as bad as murder yeah and and that and that idea goes back to to where he says you know first to sin it starts with the idea yeah and then we start dwelling on the idea and then after we dwell on the idea for a while if we don't turn it over to God or repent of it, it or resist it right resist that's actually it, in this it, <laughs> chapter two yeah you know I'm getting to that point where um, anger takes over anger makes us you know um, do things that we wouldn't want to do yeah. So I think through here, I see now that we're talking about murder, <laughs> that it, it says murder. It also says we covet. Mm -hmm. And and it's because of our coveting that we fight and quarrel. We don't have, uh, we don't ask. That some of that reminds me very much of the Ten Commandments kind of wording. And so remembering, too, that James is talking to a very Jewish crowd. He's talking to his brothers and sisters in faith who would have been that they grew up in the Jewish church and they would have known the Torah very, very well. But our listeners don't necessarily. And maybe we don't. Sometimes it's good for us to remember what the Old Testament actually said. So I think as he uses these words like you are coveting and you are murdering, he he's putting this insinuation into their minds of, hey, you're not following God's law. You're not this following is... <laughs> these Ten Commandments that you were brought up to follow. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I do kind of wonder if it's helpful for us to review what are the Ten Commandments? What's kind of the core that God is expecting 
from people and from behavior and things that he said, the best way to live includes this. And those come out of Exodus and Deuteronomy, but I do have them here kind of in my language as a way to summarize maybe, and hopefully to be in today's language. But here's the review of the 10 commandments. First, have no other gods, but God, right? The one God, Yahweh, that we now know is yes, one, but is Trinitarian. So we talk about that God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all totally one in communion with himself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And and that one, the personage of Jesus brings out the idea of lordship as well. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. so, so here we see what that entails. Lord really is important when it comes to following the commandments. Sure. Because, yeah. Um, yeah. God is the king. We're no longer Lord of our life. God is. Yeah. And obedience to his way is a better way. Yeah. So have no other gods but God. Uh, Number two, don't make and worship idols. Number three, don't take the Lord's name in vain. Number four, remember the Sabbath. Number five, honor your parents. Number six, do not murder. Number seven, do not commit adultery which interestingly, that word, you adulterous people, is in this James passage as well. Um, Number eight, do not steal. And in some ways that feels a little bit like some insinuation of that is in the James passage as well. Number nine, do not speak falsely against your neighbor, or perhaps we could put that into tell the truth or do not lie. And number 10 is do not covet. So even in my sort of using today's words for those things, uh, I think that it is reflective in there, in this this space where James is talking to the people, uh, where he's pointing out that they have these problems. They're not really following God's law. They have a, they have a problem with that. So what do you do? And, yeah. <laughs> and, and what's, when you look at it from both perspectives of being a Jewish person before Christ and then being a Jewish person in Christ um, is no different than being a Gentile person in Christ. So the only difference is the Jewish person knows the law really well. Yeah. Right. But being a Jewish person did not guarantee success in following the Ten Commandments. Right. But Jesus says that in following him, we live above the commandments even. That our righteousness will will be above that. Mm-hmm. And so... James is pointing out here that there's something wrong. Cause if, yeah, because we've been given a better way. We've been given a better way, and mm-hmm. yet you're not living a better way, so what's wrong? Yeah, yeah. And then he points it back, right, to our desire. That's a word, the passions word we brought up before. And then he says in verse 2, you do not have because you do not ask. And that just points me back to remembering that back in chapter 1, God says that we have to ask for wisdom and anyone who asks will receive it, will be given it. So I do feel like this is another loop back yes. to some things that James has already sort of pointed out or asked us to do as believers, reminded us that we can. He does add a little bit though. In verse three, he says, you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly. And then he gives this indication of the way that it is wrong is if we ask in order to spend it on our passions. So right. there's that passions word again. God isn't going to listen to a to a prayer that's selfish and that is destructive and that it's going to cause us turmoil. He's not going to answer that prayer. 
Well, I think there's right. a distinction there in what you said. He may not answer it, but he always he listens. It. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. hears it, but yeah. he, he's not going to, yeah, yeah. He's not going to answer that prayer to where um, he gives us what's going to be bad for us. Right. Right? And and so James is pointing this out that, hey, your prayers ain't getting answered because... <laughs> because you're asking for the wrong reasons. And the wrong reason is going to cause you problems. Uh-huh. It's already causing you problems, but it would, it would be even worse if, if the prayer was answered. Right. And so this desire and our passions also loops us back around to some things that we've talked about before. It reminds me again of all the way back in Genesis when Cain acts upon his anger towards his brother. And God has given him the warning that desire is out to get you. And you have to resist it. You have to to not go that direction that all feels also like information or stories or words that the audience here would have understood Mm -hmm. and would have come to mind and that links down further into these verses where not only do we have to know that our desire is in us it is pulling us in a direction that we maybe shouldn't be going that's causing conflict in our relationships with other people and so what are we called to do? We're called to resist it. Yes. And, and when he talks about this passion, he immediately then goes to you adulterous people. Yeah. And so we understand the adultery term from a man to woman, wife to husband, and going outside that marriage. But he's talking about the Christian, the believer to God. Right. And going outside of that relationship for your answers to life, mm-hmm. right? So when we, we tend to try to make what we think is best for us and go after it without even considering anybody else or God, we're committing adultery against God. We're separating that relationship that was meant to be pure mm-hmm. and righteous and good and that we depend totally upon God for our, for our needs and everything that, um, that we have all of a sudden we're depending upon ourselves and going into the world to get the answers. Right, which is also a bit of idolatry, right? It's putting other things instead of God before us, which is also putting other gods before God. (laughs) All of these things still feed into those Ten Commandments. Uh, Do you think that that adulterous relationship is us individually to God, or is it the relationship of the church to God? That marriage covenant is the covenant as a whole and the people you adulterous people. Is that a community kind of statement or is that to each of us individually? Yes. And the reason that is, is when we're in community with one another, with God as our Lord, then our concern is no longer going to be for ourselves. It's going to be for, for our brothers and sisters and our love for them and then our love for God. Right, so that all brings into the proper relationship. That is, we love God with all our heart, mind, and soul. We also love our brothers and sisters. As soon as we step out of that control of, of letting God have control, now all of a sudden, we not only do we lose the relationship with God, we lose the relationship with brothers and sisters mm. because selfishness kicks in. Yep. And selfishness says, well, I'm more important than my brothers and sisters. Right, it's that passion again, which causes the quarrels and the fights among us.
Well, we hope that this conversation at least inspired you, pointed you uh, in the right direction today. We pray that you will be blessed by the Holy Spirit to be filled in such a way that you're able to look unselfishly towards your brothers and sisters to act in ways that are serving them and loving them instead of fighting and kicking and screaming against each other. (laughs) May you today go and walk into this space in, in peace and in service and in love.